Hey, Desperate Housewives super fans. As we're recording this, it is Sunday evening, and we were both out separately on separate <laughs> coasts until 2 a.m. So bear with us, and happy Tuesday to you. I'm Christy Gomez. I'm Summer Moran. And this is We Know What You Did. It makes us sick. We're going to tell. Good speaking with you today. Yeah, this I've has been nice. <laughs> forgotten how to talk. <laughs> Should we just get into it, Summer? What was your moment of desperation this week? You know, once again... Um, I didn't have anything super kooky crazy happen this week. You've been a working girl. I will girl. say, I've been a working girl. I love my job. You guys don't and... understand how big this is. <laughs> you don't understand <laughs> the the uh, personal paradigm shift that had to occur in order like, for me to enjoy working. To hear, I love my job. But here's the thing: <laughs> you don't understand. When you are doing something that you like to do, it's fun and working is enjoyable. I guess. I mean, I don't want to be a hostess for the rest of my life. Well, no. But for the time being, it is quite nice. Last night was very busy, as it always is on a Saturday night. And part of my moment of desperation is that people like to hang out at my restaurant. Now I'm not going to dox and say what it is, but it's, it's just the, the kind of place where people like to linger even after they've finished their meal. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes people will be there like upwards of two hours. And on Saturday nights, we have a lot of reservations. So we'll have people walking in for their eight o'clock reservation say, and there are people who have been there since five thirty or six o'clock who are just hanging out. And it's like, we need that table back. So last night was one of those nights where I I had a lot of people coming up to me um, asking if the table was was ready and and oh no sorry I mean uh, these people are paid I just have to wait for them to leave and then I can get you seated so that that's always a little stressful um, just because having to field those conversations can be really difficult there's this one older woman who came in with like hair tinsel and she looked amazing and she was very impatient about waiting for her table. And it had only been like 15 minutes, but um, I immediately engaged her in conversation before she could ask again if her table was ready. And I was like, your hair tinsel looks amazing. Where did you get it? And so we did like a five minute conversation on that, which was great because it sort of, um, it, it kept her from complaining. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and then we finally got her sat. The rest of the night was a little bit chaotic, but I got a really special surprise in the form of a text message from my good friend, Jamie Lynn, friend of the pod, Joyce. And <laughs> Does she listen to the podcast? No, but she is still a friend of the pod because she's okay. a friend of ours. So Love her. This, this friend of the pod had read my mind. She texted me and said, are you working? Are you hungry? I have pizza oh my gosh, I would love pizza. So she shows up with my good friend of the pod, Nicolette, and they bring me this 
like massive to go bag. And it's, so it's not just like one slice of pizza that they're giving me. Mm -hmm. And they hung out at the restaurant until I was cut from work until I could go home. And they did end up keeping me a little bit later than usual, but not a big deal because again, I love my job. And (laughs) all I want to do, single (laughs) tears about to roll down my face. (sighs) All I want to do when I get off work is like, go home, right? I'm very much a homebody. I don't like going out. And as my friends had waited for me for about an hour and change, they said, we're going out. This was news to me. So I went home, dropped off my pizza, and we went to a bar a couple blocks away. And when I tell you, we had the best time. I was so glad I went out and I didn't end up getting home until close to 2 a.m. And I was just so grateful that they forced me to do that. So I guess the moral of the story is force your friends to do what they don't want to do and they will be better for it. Summer, I try to force you to do stuff all the time and you don't do it. Like what? I tried to force you out when you were here and you wouldn't come out. I tried to force you to drink alcohol, but you wouldn't have it because you had an Advil seven hours before. Yeah, I guess that's true. And you just need, like, come on. <laughs> <laughs> I think the difference with that. No, I got nothing, actually. There is no difference. The difference is you didn't listen to me before. Okay, but I've I've listened to you on other occasions, so I feel like that has to have some pull. You only listen to me when it's about health and not fun or work. (laughs) (laughs) I'm literally an influencer. I have two friends out buying Nintendo Switches right now because I like them. Who's the second? Heather. Wow. I know. Maybe I'll get one. Please. We can play Super (laughs) Mario Party. I have to pay rent first, and if there's money left over, I'll get a Switch. Okay, because they're obsessed with Super Mario Party. Just like us. Yeah, like now I've kind of figured out how to play the game, so. (laughs) You've broken the code. (laughs) I've broken the code. Um, So they're all buying Switches. Um, But yeah, I'm literally a full influencer. I'm a Nintendo influencer. I'm a Skims influencer. I'm a travel influencer. My coworker wants to book a flight to Australia because I went. Um... What other things have I influenced people on? The thing that we actually have the promo code for, maybe? Oh, yes. That being said, I'm a Vita (laughs) Clean influencer. The one thing you actually are an influencer for that you can't remember. Oh, true. Okay, you guys. I need you to buy the Vita Clean because it's so good. If people listen to me for other things... Listen to me for this. Your hair will be beautiful. Your skin will be beautiful, especially if you live in somewhere like Los Angeles. And we have a lot of LA listeners who never come to our meetups, by the way. Well, in fairness, (laughs) we haven't been that organized with our meetups. That's true. Anyway, link in the show notes if you want nice hair like me. Actually, don't look at my hair right now, but it's in a healing process. Again, you are two pixels wide. So we should point out that you're not actually getting any commission from this coupon code. No, I just want people to have it. Yeah, and that's how you know that that's a good influencer because you're not getting any kickback. There is literally no incentive for you to pass this information along. You just want other people to enjoy it. 
that said, what was your moment of desperation this week? Was it your last night? No, um, not really. So I, yes, just to backtrack, I had a beautiful high vibrational day yesterday. I got up, um, Amalia, if you are unaware of my roommate, we, she came to her first training mate class yesterday morning. So we took the 7am class and I got up at like 6.30 and the night before, I didn't sleep very well because we were playing Super Mario Party all night. And then I couldn't sleep because I was like, oh my God, I have to wake up early. So neither of us could sleep. So we wake up, we walk to training mate. Unfortunately, I broke Lent and I did have a Celsius. I have to say that. I have to put that out there. You guys need to know. I need you to hold me accountable. I just had a, I had a beautiful day. Then I went home, relaxed, went on a hike. And then I was out really late because... The vo- it was just having fun, whatever. And then I get home. I'm literally like my eyes are heavy. I am ready to go to sleep. I'm I. That's how I'm I am right now. Bed. Like yeah. I want to just immediately I was going to fall asleep. Then I realized I barely had any facial cleanser left. So I really had to dig through it. And if you guys don't know, I will. It doesn't matter how late it is. It doesn't. I have to go to bed with perfect nothing on my face. Like, no makeup. It has to be gone. So I had to scrub, scrub, scrubby, scrub. Then I went to bed, fell asleep immediately. Around five in the morning, I hear a thump. And it is my cat, Tofu, waking up and deciding to raise hell merely three hours after I had gone to bed. Mind you. He usually is a very polite cat when he's not peeing on all my friend's stuff. Yeah. He, like, he never, unless he, I close him in my room at night. So sometimes he'll, he'll, like, hit the door for me, like, quietly hit the door for me to open it so he can, like, run out and go to the bathroom. Then he comes back. That I don't mind doing. But he decided at 5 a.m. it was time to be annoying and play. So I hear thud. I hear him get off of this very chair I'm now sitting on. And I, like, wake up. I see if he's okay. He's fine. So I'm trying to go back to sleep. Then I hear him go. I'm like, well, what is he eating? So I had to run out of bed. I see him eating a wrapper out of the garbage in my bathroom. So I had to rip it out of his mouth. Close my bathroom door. My my bedroom and my bathroom connect, for those of you who don't know. So I had to just close them off. Oh, I know. He got, we know you know. He got so mad. He literally went, like a car. (laughs) Like, he was like, how dare you close your bathroom door? And I was like, tofu, like, I need to go to sleep. So he starts jumping on my TV stand. He's, he has his arms wrapped around my television set. His arms. He he was about, (laughs) fully his arms. He was like this, about to bring my TV down to the ground. He started throwing everything off the table. And I said, we're done here. So I kicked him out of my room. I shut the door. Then I realized he's going to try to terrorize Amalia. She separately had been out all night as well. So she wanted also wanted to sleep. So she tells me this morning, she hears a thud, thud, thud. He's throw. We think he like throws his body weight on her door to get in there. (laughs) So he was throwing himself on the door. 
putting his paw under the door. Like he hits the little door stopper when he wants to make noise. And she said she opened the door because she wanted to go into her bathroom. And he ran in there. He started opening drawers. He started digging through trash. <laughs> what? No, like uh, he's never acted like this before. Like he was on, he was on, on one. He was on something. And then she locked him out too. And he was just running around the living room. Somehow I ended up waking up again. And I like got up and he was like doing laps around the living room. And I was like, tofu. I need to go to bed. I can't do this. And then she went up a few hours later. She gets up to go to yoga. And Amalia said she opens the door and he bolted out and like almost ran down the stairs. What? Full like mania. So anyway, then I have been very, very tired all day long. <laughs> <laughs> He's usually okay. I don't know what his problem was last night, but I've I've never experienced him to be this crazy. Well, we can theorize till we're blue in the face, but I don't think he's ever going to reveal. I think yeah. he will because I'm convinced one day he's going to start speaking English. Like that's a smart cat. Tofu starts reaching for the door handle now with his hands. Yes. He's been starting to reach <laughs> up to grab the handle. Like he's evolving. We had some very colorful moments of desperation. Perhaps now we should move into the episode, which is called Color and Light. And this one was written by Mark Cherry himself. This was a fantastic episode. Because it was written by Mark Cherry himself. <laughs> All right. So this is episode seven. And the title, Color and Light, made me think of the... Do you know what I'm thinking of? Um, no. The... <laughs> so, <laughs> this episode, huh? <laughs> so, this episode opens with a monologue about play dates and the importance of play dates for parents to be able to, like, take breaks from their kids. And you know, you know who on the lane uh, does not receive any play date invitations? Porter and Preston Scavo. Yep, and speaking of Porter and Preston Scavo, we do have a fan fiction featuring them up on the Patreon as we speak. More is coming on the Patreon, guys. I'm sorry, we're really trying to figure it out. <laughs> if you are yeah. subscribed, we want you to get your money's worth. So let us know what you want to see, by the way. So, um, yeah, Porter and Preston don't get invitations because they keep terrorizing all of the kids in Fairview. Um, and injuring them. And then one day they're at the park and Lynette, she's in her weekend uniform of her oversized garb. And she just looks miserable and sad. And she sees two blonde, scary looking twins <laughs> beating up Porter and Preston and the other mother um, is like, I'm so sorry. My sons were beating your sons up. And she goes, it's okay. Can they have a play date? <laughs> and Lynette has found sort of her match in that regard because she knows that this woman is going to put up with her Porter and Preston if her kids are just as bad. Yeah, and then it cuts to um, the other mother having um, bringing Porter and Preston back and they're like beaten with rocks. And she goes, I'm really sorry. My sons started a rock fight with yours. And she goes, 
it's okay. I'll see you next weekend. She's like, I don't <laughs> care. I don't care what happens. Then we pan to all these different family photos. We see Brie and Rex's wedding portrait, 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 photo, portrait from work. their from their <laughs> wedding, <laughs> and we see the Scavo family, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. It ends on Gabby's sonogram, which ew, I think that's disgusting. And so does Edie, <laughs> and so does Gabby. <laughs> so. <laughs> They are all sitting together, all of them being Brie, Susan, Gabby, and Edie, um, because Lynette is obviously doing her thing. And they're supposed to be like cheering Susan up. They're talking about Gabby's sonogram. And Edie starts to kind of provoke Susan a little bit. And she's like, why aren't you more upset? Like, Mike dumped you. Come on. <laughs> she's like, cry, cry, cry. Yeah. Suffer. And Susan's like, suffer. Susan's like, no, I've really come to realize, like, I get it. This was my fault. She's finally coming around growing up, kind of similar to you liking your job. I feel like I you guys are on still... similar journeys right now. <laughs> I am still a thousand percent team Susan. I think she was just trying to protect her kid, and that's all yeah. she could do. Yeah. Um, I also did notice in this scene that Brie is the only one drinking wine. Oh. So I think this is when they really start to subtly show her drinking problem. Like, it's the middle of the day. They're all eating ice cream, but she chose a glass of wine. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So. Very mm-hmm. interesting. Yeah. That was a good catch. Then we see Lynette and Tom taking the blonde twins for the weekend. Three days is a big commitment, especially for bad kids like that. But Porter and Preston, like, don't want to hang out with them because they're like, oh, they're watching some stupid movie. And lo and behold, the movie is a porno uh, that their own parents made. (laughs) (laughs) That's so wild. Only Mark Cherry himself could write that. Okay, I didn't catch that it had been that they were going to be there for three days. And that makes sense because later I'm very confused when that's a whole thing but i i wrote down like the timing does not make sense but if they were there for three days now i get it cool yeah they were definitely there either like friday through sunday or like saturday sunday but lynette and tom see this and obviously freak out lynette goes to like cover the tv tom's trying to get the remote and the kids do not understand why they can't watch this home movie And I just love when Lynette and Tom are on the same side of things. Me too. It's just, I like seeing them be a team rather than them be bickering. And it makes Tom look much better. Just in general, I was like, Tom Scottville's looking good in this episode. Yeah. He actually looks like- getting zaddy a little. I thought so too. He looks like after Lucius Malfoy comes back from Azkaban and he's like 10 times hotter. (sighs) I don't. To remember him going to ask a man. <laughs> don't remember anything. From oh my God. Are you going to remember <laughs> anything? No, I read it nine years ago. <gasps> That's really scary. <laughs> How old are you? I'm 20. <gasps> <gasps> That's me talking to myself. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah, it's been a long time. Um, but yeah, but no, I was like, wow, he looks good. Like, I, he went through the celebrity machine between season one and season two. Like, <laughs> he, he went where Paul went. <laughs> he, and Paul, he and Paul went to the farm and they came back looking they so to, good. They went to the celebrity farm and they came back <laughs> just looking gold, like just radiant. 
Like, yeah. you guys do not look like you live in suburbia anymore. You look like stars. <laughs> it's like the first um, episode of Glee season two. Everybody looks so much different. Like, you can see their hit show checks have cashed in. Rachel really? Bailey coming in with, like, full darker toned hair, highlight. Like, it's so funny. They're a little bit more chiseled. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. It's hysterical. The celebrity machine. The celebrity machine. Um, and then we get to Gabby. She's with her stylist. And the second I saw this dress, <laughs> I knew where this was going. And I remembered. And I thought this was way later in the season than it is. I thought oh. this was the season finale. Because, <gasps> you know, oh. I think it was like last week or the week before. I was like, why did Gabby was never showing in her pregnancy? She should have been because this is very early on. Um, so she's just with her stylist and he's like, okay, well, you know, you are pregnant. Oh, no. First, she said the hate crime charge was dropped. Yeah, he got dis- – he's not being charged for, like, the hate crime thing. It's just the slave labor, so – and he goes, that's the most white trash thing you've ever said. Yeah, I caught – I thought that line was really funny. Yeah. Also, she tells him that she needs to look good because her model friends from New York are going to be visiting, and he asks if they're a bunch of Botoxed hags. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought Botoxed hags was, like, a crazy thing to say. Again, this entire scene could only have been written by a gay man. Yeah. Um, he's like, okay, this dress isn't fitting. Like, you ha- might have to go up a size. And she goes, did you just call me fat? And he goes, to a double <laughs> zero. And she goes, I only wear a zero. I only wear a double zero. I can't go up to a zero. You just call me fat. And I was like, and she goes, I'm not going to eat for two days. And he goes, okay, you totally deserve to wear Dolce & Gabbana. <laughs> Yeah, no, he was amazing for that. I think he kind of stole the scene, stole the show this episode because I didn't have time to get annoyed with him. Um, I don't even know what his name is, but I hope he's doing well. He was slaying and eating. I kind of felt like I was watching a backdoor pilot for Ugly Betty. No. (laughs) Gosh. You know, Desperate Housewives with its many, many minor recurring characters really, really paved the way for all of these backdoor pilots that could have been. Yeah, like we could have seen... Like this, the stylists. What would we? I don't know. Okay, okay. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna give you these examples. First <laughs> okay. of all, we've got the stylists' way, starring <gasps> that I guy. was gonna say that the stylists' way. I was That's literally, weird. I was literally gonna say that, but I was like, no, that doesn't work. But no, it does. The stylists' way. Well, we're on the same wavelength as usual. So we've got the stylists' way, starring the man whose name we don't know. Then we've got. The Life and Times of Nat and Dugan, okay? Okay. Or an alternative title is The Little Known Lives of Nat and Dugan. We also have Stu's Place, obviously, at Lynette's office. Yeah. We could have had Um, a whole network dedicated to, like, the Desperate Housewives cinematic universe. Like, you know how there's, you know how there's Marvel? Yeah. We, like... Oh my god, this was a missed opportunity for like instead of Mar. Imagine instead we don't have Marvel, we have Desperate Housewives <laughs> Cinematic Universe. It's called the DHWCU. Yeah. Oh no no. Oh, it's called the MCU, Mark Terry Universe. <laughs> <laughs> wait. <laughs> now wait a minute. <laughs> I'm like. <laughs> 
Hey, Mark Sherry. It's us again. <laughs> we have to talk. Oh my God, Mark Cherry, the MCU. In in this MCU, obviously Gabby freaks out because her dress is tight. And then we go right to Susan, who sees Edie and Carl fighting outside of Edie's house. Carl speeds away in his car. And Susan is basically just on her way to go visit Mike. He is being, oh, I hated this scene. He was being so cold to her. He throws out her Valentine's card in front of her and he tells her it's over on every level. And then has the, you know what? Even Nicholas Delfino is not exempt from having the audacity. I know and he's not being a perfect thing, man right now. No, he is not. And if there's one thing men always have in the MCU, it is the audacity. Okay? Because he has the audacity to close the door in her face. Yeah, because Carl is speeding off away from Edie and she goes, at least we're not like them. And then she turns and the door is slammed. And she's just trying to be cordial. Like, they live across the street from each other. Okay? One day she's going to be a plumber. And they love each other. to be nice. But he's being so cold. But you know he's only doing this because he still loves her. If he didn't, he would just be like, oh, we can still be friends. He loves her so much. I know. I can't even be mad. I can. Yeah. But then we get to something even scarier with another even worse man with worse audacity, which is George. And he has Brie blindfolded. <sighs> First of all, hate that. Then yeah. she's like, I thought we were going to, what are they going to chair? Apple picking? Antiquing, or the um, uh, no, yard sale, yard sale. Yard sale, yeah. She thinks we're going to a yard sale. And um, he takes off the blindfold and they're in this empty t small home. Bree lives in a mansion. This is a tiny house. And he's like, look, Bree, I bought this house. She's like, oh my God, George, that's amazing. Like, congratulations. That's so cool. Then um, his mom and his mom's friend named seal comes out seal is crazy by the way <laughs> seal was such an interesting choice okay also i've never <laughs> you do not look like a seal you look like something else right now but also okay i'm never the type one i one of my biggest pet peeves is like when people with they do this with female celebrities and they do this with female characters whatever there's like a female friendship people tend to sexualize them and they're like those are lesbians i it does bother me because you know female friendship is so important and exists but seal and george's mom i was like i think that's george's mom's girlfriend interesting so what made you say that i didn't even catch that i just the vibe i got Oh, it was just, they were giving fruity? They were giving a little fruit. Is it fruity when it's lesbians? Yeah, it's fruity when it's anything gay. Oh. Lesbians just don't give fruit to me. They just give... What? Carpentry? Yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah, it was giving a little carpenter to me. Um, I don't know why. It just was. And I'm never the one to get those vibes. But, um, yeah, so they're like... I think you know why, because it, it felt like to me like two excited parents going to their son. Oh, so I yeah, think those okay. like, those are his lesbian moms. So the lesbian moms come out, and 
<laughs> and then he's like, can you give us a minute? So they walk away and George proposes. And she's like, um, uh, uh. Completely caught off guard. Completely caught off guard. Then um, the mom and Seal come back in and he's she's about to say no, but then she just goes, okay. And he goes, really? He's shocked. Which he should be shocked. Yeah, I was shocked too. And I've seen this show before. <laughs> but he's like, really? I can't believe she said yes. And it's like, well, then she could have gotten out of it. Yeah, I really thought we got the return of dim-witted Bree. It doesn't make any sense. Like, there, there should be more than two brain cells to rub together that would make her say, George, that is absolutely psychotic. No, I'm not going to marry you. Yeah, and then she chugs her champagne, and again, we're very, very subtly seeing the beginning of her drinking problem. Oh, because, again, I didn't notice. Yeah, she just goes, Ugh. like, we just see her drinking a lot. Have you seen, you probably won't have seen this, but um, on Twitter, I saw these, like, Olivia Rodrigo fans, because Olivia Rodrigo, she just turned 21, and she released, like, um, shot glasses, and these people, kids on Twitter are like, Oh my god, I can't believe she's promoting underage drink or drinking to like her primarily underaged audience. That's what it was kind of like that's how I feel right now. I'm like, Bree, stop. Like you have a drinking problem. Like promoting drinking to a primarily underage audience. I stan her, but this isn't okay. Somebody goes, I'm 17, minor, and very scared. WTF. <laughs> So don't buy them or, you know, buy them and put milk in it. I don't know. Do you know what I said? I said, what happened to teenagers? Like, <laughs> go, <laughs> go drink, go drink Fireball in your friend's basement. Try a cigarette in the school bathroom. I didn't do that either, Try but I was, I was cool in other ways. Go crazy. It's ridiculous. But anyway, but that's how I feel. I feel like that Olivia Rodrigo fan right now being like, Brie, you literally have a drinking problem. Stop. Uh, I can't yeah, believe she's stop doing this. underage drinking. Then Carl shows up at Susan's because he and Edie broke up. Aw, I was sad about this because I love Carl and Edie together. I do too. Um, but he's like, hey, can I stay over? And she's like, sure. And she says that he can stay in Julie's room, which is really weird. Um, if I were a 14-year-old girl, I wouldn't want my dad sleeping in my bed overnight. But, like, that's just me. I just personally don't understand why Wisteria Lane houses have disappearing guest rooms. Like, they disappear and reappear on um, convenience. Did Susan have a guest room before? It's a big house. She has to have an extra bedroom. Where did Sophie sleep? <gasps> When you're right, you're right. Yeah. Same with um, last season with Lynette's nanny and um, who slept somewhere. But Lynette's then Lynette's live-in nanny. Her live-in, she had a live-in nanny and yet her father-in-law had to sleep on the couch. That's right. That's Doesn't right. Make sense. I wrote poor Susie Q for this scene. I actually don't know what made me write that, but then I did follow it up with, these two have great chemistry, but then again, I feel like Susan could have chemistry with a chair. I said that. I said that too. Terry Hatcher, Susan can have chemistry if that's what she's like playing into. Again, we saw it when she we were shipping her and Paul at the school dance. Obviously, we see it with Mike. 
and with Carl, who she's playing her ex-husband, it's like sometimes they have scenes like when they're yelling at each other, like in earlier seasons, you feel nothing. But here it's like you just, you know, Terry Hatcher's intention and you can feel it. I was like, oh my God, I want them to get back together. I know it's through the roof. Through the freaking roof. Then we go to Brie at Dr. Goldfeather's office. And she's freaking out over being engaged. And she's like, I don't know, maybe I should just marry him. He, I, like, I know him. It's fine. And Dr. Goldfarb is like, are you kidding me? <laughs> yeah. And he's like, just stoked. Stop right now. Thank you very much. I don't know that song, but I think it's appropriate for what we're talking about. Okay, it's Stop by the Spice Girls, so you really need to educate yourself. I don't think I've heard a single Spice Girls song. I just know that they're British. I came into consciousness as a, watching Spice World. Spice World? Yes, their movie. I've never heard of that. I can't. I can't do this. I can't do this. I'm going to get really upset. No, I'm no, no, no. I'm getting physically because- angry. No, because here's the thing. I don't understand how people like you and friend of the pod, Callie, like understand all these cultural references from the 90s and 2000s when like we were barely alive. I can't speak on Callie, but for me, I grew up with friends who were five and seven years older than me who were my primary friends and they grew up like my older sisters. So I feel like that's probably where I got it from. And also my mom. Like, my first memory is literally sitting in New York City watching Spice World. The movie. Yes. The Spice nice. World movie. Is that like the Eras Tour movie? No, it was like a it was like an actual, like, movie. But it was kind of like a bunch of music videos. You have to watch it. Fine, I'll put it on the list. It's amazing. I cannot believe you've never listened to the Spice Girls. Little criminals, drop us a line. Who is your favorite Spice Girl? Uh, I don't know the difference between any of them. So you can say literally anyone and I'll be like, that's great. But DM us, who is your favorite Spice Girl? You're absolutely Baby Spice and I am posh. Let's keep going before I um, punch a wall. (laughs) (laughs) Before I start to rage. (laughs) Yeah. So then we basically smash back to Susan and Carl who are like having wine and chatting at the kitchen table. And Carl, they're flirting very heavily. And then Carl kisses her and she's like, stop. And he goes, well, we're both single. You and the plumber broke up. And I'm like, yes, get back together. I know. I really loved him. And he tells her that the reason that he and Edie broke up is because Edie found a picture of Susan under the mattress, which why would you keep it in a place where it is rather conspicuous? I don't know. Like keep that in your wallet or in your car or something. Yeah. But no, he has to keep it under their shared bed. (laughs) Also, is Carl, like, where was he living before this? Because he moved out of Susan's. Is he just homeless? Is he just, I think he just bounces around to whatever woman he's sleeping with. That's kind of the vibe I get from him. Yeah. I mean, he has that great car. So, like, maybe sometimes he lives out of that. But Yeah. Or maybe, like, he usually, maybe he was, like, renting, like, a one-bedroom apartment somewhere. Yes. We need to do Carl's lore. Yeah, we need to add a Carl spinoff to the MCU. It's It'll be called <laughs> Kicking It With Carl. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, it would be like a, I feel like it would be like a vlog style show. Wait, You'd that's like, genius. Hey, got, hey, Richard Berge, 
You want to work? So then we get back to the Scavos. And um, this is when I did get confused, but now I get it if it's been three days. So it's been three days and the boy, the Scavo or the porn parents um, <laughs> come to pick up their twins and they're like, oh no, it's just the mom. And Lynette's like, hey, um, just so you know, like she wasn't upset. She was being really nice. She's like, oh, uh, your boys, a videotape found its way into their bag. It was a video of you guys having sex. The woman freaks out. She goes, and then she runs yeah. to her car and drives off and speeds away. She has a major freak out, like Zach Young level. And Lynette's like, Norma, Norma, come back. It's okay. Are we still on for the water park? We're back at Su wait a second. <laughs> yes, we're back at Susan's. Yeah, but now I'm now I'm realizing we do have a case of Mark Cherry Math here. No, because it's the next morning. Okay. It makes okay. sense because we haven't we hadn't seen Lynette for a little while and a lot of stuff has happened in between, like with Bree and everything, and then it's the next morning. So Carl and Susan hooked up the night before. And who walks in on them but Julie? I wrote rut row because she comes home from staying over at her friend's house she finds them in bed together she's crazy disgusted and she goes off to school and susan just feels terrible but carl's like that was the best sex ever it's just so funny when she's like hey mom and she goes into her bedroom she sees them just like half asleep in her bed and she goes because she was like hey do you have any money for lunch and susan's like oh my god i'm so sorry and carl doesn't care he's like Oh, there's money in my pants if you can find them. Like, poor Julie. She had to go through her parents' divorce. She's they're so happy they're not together. And then she's just like, wow, you're just putting me through this again. Like, that girl has so much trauma. So yeah, much I was going to say, that's so traumatizing to see your parents unclothed in bed together. But even together. worse when you know they hate each other and yeah. you've been through it with them. Yeah, I know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but Carl is still insanely into Susan. It's so obvious. Yeah, and I'm like, okay, we'll get back together. Because the night before, he was like, it doesn't have to mean anything. We're just old friends. And now he's like, oh, my God, like, what's next? What's next? And it's just yeah. a good – you can see it's a good turning point for Susan because she's so over him. She doesn't care. She was like, that was fun. Bye. Yeah. And he's like, oh, Susan, I love you so much. It's like, well, Susan, you cheated. Why, then why did you cheat on her and break up your family? Make it make sense. That was on you, Carl. It always is. This. Yeah. You did this. Oh, yeah. So Gabby's in her blue dress and she has starved herself for two days. And the dress doesn't fit because she's growing a child and she's her baby needs nutrients. <laughs> like you can't oh, just, yeah. you can't wait that's just so not funny. eat when you're pregnant wait that's hilarious actually no but it's still growing despite all that and she can't fit into it so then she goes and screams at ralph her gardener and she goes ralph get me into this dress and then they get pliers and they zip her up and she's like Which shuffling is around hysterical and then she she goes to sit down and it rips then we see somebody who we haven't seen at all this episode yet. It's Betty Applewhite and she's bringing ice cream to her captive. And she's like, you can have this when you talk about Melanie. Um, and we also get a shot of 
Matthew from behind and we see that he has a gun behind his back. And basically Caleb is like, she was a bad person. She deserved it. And he's like going crazy down there. This is a weird storyline and I don't like it. And I remember this is like a pretty unanimous thought. I feel like on everybody who watches the show, I never thought about it again because I was never really focusing too much on them on the mystery this year. All I cared about was Susan and Mike were getting back together. But now that we're watching this like this, it's just weird. It's like, this is a, like a mentally challenged man. And just like putting somebody in chain, it just, it's just doesn't look good. And it's kind of wasting, um, what's actress's name? Oh my God. I'm like, Alfre Woodard. It's just kind of wasting Alfre Woodard's talents. Yeah. I understand. They just did not give her good material at all, especially following the young mystery. It's just like, it's just a little bit uncomfortable, a little, a little too much. When you start off so strong with a yeah. young family mystery, yeah, it's like you need something to match that following up. Yeah. Yeah. And it just, it doesn't make any sense. And it's just, I don't know. It's icky. Like it didn't make sense I to know. have something bad happen off of the lane and then bring yeah. it on like this. Like it just, it doesn't connect well at all with the story. I think. So. I totally agree. Yeah, but not everything can be perfect, but every I care about everything else that's going on in the show, so. Yeah, surprisingly, I really care about Lynette and Tom's storyline this episode. Yeah. They are on their way to the other couple's house, and they're just talking about how, like, they need these play dates to continue, and when they show up, of course, uninvited, Norma opens the door and then immediately shuts it in their faces. <laughs> she goes, I don't know if... <laughs> I don't know if you noticed this, but there was this like cricket ambience in the background that suddenly stopped it. when Lynette was talking and then it started again. It was like a very clear distinction. So like somebody mixed the sound a little bit poorly. That's funny. I didn't even notice. Um, but they probably never worked again. <laughs> ABC said, cut the cameras. Um, but yeah so they're like hey no they're like it's okay we're open-minded it's 2005 so they're like okay come inside so they go in and they're all chatting and they're just giggling about it they're like it's fine do what you do behind closed doors we're all adults and they're like aha we almost wanted to move but then it gets a little weird yeah the husband i don't remember his name but he's champ kind from anchorman He's talking about his editing and lighting and camera work for his pornos because he always wanted to be a director. He literally goes, oh, it's so embarrassing you saw that one because it just looks so bad. Us with our first podcast episode. Yeah. He's like, that was my earlier work that you saw. (laughs) Yeah. And they're like, do you want to see the room? And they're like, okay. So they go into their sex dungeon and it's just really freaky because it's like a bed with a set and then you can see like their laundry machines and their gym equipment and he goes it's soundproof like you can scream and nobody can hear you and I was like I hate see I hate this yeah like thanks I hate it and then they go oh like we can shoot you guys if you want like we that is a crazy (laughs) thing to say I know 
but you never really know your neighbors. <laughs> and, and then, then Lynette, Lynette and Tom. Oh. <laughs> that was weird. James. <laughs> uh, uh, okay, James. <laughs> Take it away. Wait a minute. What? Is it nighttime in Los Angeles? Yeah, it's 624. But the sun is out? The sun is gone? Yeah. The That's sun weird. has been going down. Why? Because when we got on the podcast, the sun was out for you. Summer. That's how the day works. <laughs> no, so you know. The earth rotates around the sun. And no. sometimes it appears like the sun is going down. But the earth is rotating as such. You know what I mean. <laughs> I don't know what you mean, Summer, because we got on at five something, which is early evening. And at this okay. time of the year is around when the sun goes down. But it doesn't make sense to me. Why? We got on the podcast and light was streaming in through your windows. And now I'm looking behind you and it's pitch black. Because this is a west-facing window, so the You're sun a west goes down window. on the west, so it was fully in my window, because it is in the late afternoon, and then you see it go down. So where is it now? Australia? Probably. Yeah. You know what else is weird? What? We all have the same sun. I think about that sometimes. So I sit by myself talking to the moon. Anyway, so Lynette and Tom leave and they're like, no more play dates. And then that just wraps up their storyline. The next scene is Brie and George. Now, I'm going to have a hard time talking about this because this scene made me really angry. And Bree shows up to George's new house and he's like, oh, my mom's friends are here. A few of them wanted to meet you. And he opens the door and it's simply a ton of people. And they all applaud her arrival. That was freaky. Yeah. And he's like, surprise. Like they all just wanted to meet you. This is my family. And she is just so uncomfortable. She was just like, I was ready to see a movie. And um, they're all joking to her about having kids. And she's like, I absolutely oh. want no more children because she knows how the first two have turned out. And um, then one of them, like, I think it's like their tax accountant or something was like, I thought George was gay. Yeah. He's like, I thought George was gay, but I guess we'll know in nine months. And she goes, what happens in nine months? <sighs> And then she's like, George, you know I don't want any more children. I hate that so much. I liked it when she goes, excuse me. And then she just leaves. <laughs> Champagne yeah. glass in hand, she leaves. George has a hard time reading the room. The room being Brie, of course. Mm -hmm. And she says, she's like, okay, you know what? We rushed into this. I don't want to be engaged. And, you know, people are saying too, look, I rushed into it. Rex hasn't even been dead two months. And he goes, who's people? And she goes, Dr. Goldfine. He's my therapist. And she's like, well, 
I have to talk to Goldfine about it. I have to talk to him about this before I move on. And the wheels are turning in George's head. George's gears start turning. Mm-hmm. And it was at that moment I knew something was going to happen <laughs> to, to Dr. To Goldsmith. Goldfine. Um, yeah, so I said she leaves and he looks inquisitive. And then Betty and Matthew are running around Wisteria Lane looking for Caleb because they go downstairs and wait, I'm sorry. Betty and Matthew go down to see Caleb and they realize they left the door open and he's gone. So they're freaking out. So then it is the next day and they cannot find him. So did they see, oh man, he's gone. Gotta go to bed. We'll find him tomorrow. Or were they looking all night? I thought this was all happening on the same day, to be fair. But you're right. It is two different days. Yeah. So we're going to chalk this one up to Mark Cherry Math. Or maybe Brie was the night before. And that this this episode took place over like a week. <laughs> yeah. So maybe that was the night before. And then the next day was when they went. Maybe they went down to bring him breakfast. Oh, yeah, yeah. That okay, makes I sense. Because like it's Let's kind of windowless that. down there. So maybe yeah. that's what it is. And while they're looking for Caleb throughout the neighborhood, they try to go check Bree's house. And Betty distracts Bree, asking her about her hydrangeas. And Matthew sneaks into the back, where Danielle is just casually smoking a cigarette at the ripe age of 15 in a bikini. That is crazy thought, daughter behavior. I was obsessed with this because the way that the shots lined up, like he just runs into the backyard, you just see a hand. Yeah. putting a cigarette down and it reveals Danielle randomly in her backyard. Does she have a, do they have a pool? Apparently. I guess they have a pool. We don't see it, <laughs> but she's just in a bikini and like a negligee robe. And she's just like, hi, we've never seen them interact by the way. No. Like, first of all, she's just like at home with her mom. Why is she dressed like that? And smoking so, where Brie can see her. So the hot neighborhood boy might appear back in where nobody can see her like right the, the stars just aligned for danielle really so she has she, lucky girl syndrome she does so danielle is just in the back and matthew sees her and he's like oh hey and she goes he goes uh i was looking for you again how would they know each other we've never right, seen right. them speak and she just goes she like turns around and, and it's just like showing her body. She's like, were you going to ask me out? Because I'm going to say yes. <laughs> She's like wasting no time. And he's just like, oh, yeah, okay. And then he goes back out and Betty's like, oh, that was wasted time. And he was like, yeah, it was. His acting was so good in that scene. I know. He was like, yeah, <laughs> He was Mom. like giggling, kicking his feet a little. He was. He was like, oh my god, I can't believe that just happened. And it's just crazy to me that she decided. She's like, I'm just going to dress like this and sit in my backyard and maybe one day my Prince <laughs> Charming will just walk through these doors. So the next scene gave me extreme Summer and Christy vibes. Say more. Well, it's Edie going up to Susan and basically gloating. <laughs> She's like... I won. Whatever you said to Carl was great because he and I are back together. He apologized. He gave me flowers, yada, yada, yada. How is this? I don't, I'm not a gloater. No, but it's just. <laughs> I just say, I love to work. I love my job. I love making money. 
is no, that but... gloating to you? <laughs> I love having a job. How do you define gloating? Um, no, it was just, it was funny because it felt like you and I could have this interaction. Okay, I know you <laughs> I know what you mean a little, <laughs> but I'm a humble girl, kind of. Oh, no, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, for sure, you are, you are. <laughs> I, just... <laughs> oh my God. I just know my worth. No, yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god, I'm laughing. Yeah, but basically Edie's like, Carl came back. I don't know what you said to him, but he brought me flowers and apologized. I was like, Edie, is that all it takes? Yeah. He just Her came home with- <laughs> Suddenly dipped. Grocery store flowers being like, sorry, Edie, I'll get rid of the photo. <laughs> and she's like, oh, thank God you're back. <laughs> she goes, it's okay, I forgive. You know what? It's fine. I'm just glad they're back together. And Susan has grown because she wasn't like, oh, well, that's funny because he told me you wanted to get back together this morning. Right. She, I thought she was going to, but she didn't I did do too. that. Yeah. Cause she wants Carl out of her hair. I love seeing these two interact. I've said that before, but then also the two who interact in the next scene my other favorite. I love when Brie and Gabby have quality time together. Me too. They're a good pair. It feels very like big sister, little sister. Yes, yes. And they're both so beautiful. I know. It's like I don't know where to look on screen. I know. So she comes, so Brie comes over to fix the dress, and Gabby's like, oh, my model friends are going to make fun of me for having a kid. And, um, she goes, why? And Gabby specifically says, they said I would turn into a fat house frau living a life I didn't plan. <laughs> fat house frau is crazy. Like, what yeah, is, no, that? what a, is a frau? Statement. I've never heard uh, that. A house frau is like a frumpy, like, wife, woman, mother thing. Can we make merch that just says house frau? We sure can. I'll pull up Canva right now. Yeah. Um... <laughs> And she's like, well, if they're your friends, like, I don't think that they're going to be mean to you like that. And this was very much like, I feel like I understand Gabby in this situation. And then she says, she's like, I still don't want to be a mom. And um, Brie is like, you say that now, but I feel like in six months when you have a beautiful baby, I'm going to have to tell you I told you so. And I was like, mm, that's cute. Yep. No, I hated that. I am a kid hater. It's not even that I, I prefer not to have one around. It's that if one is around, I'm leaving. See, I'm not staying at the function. I don't, I feel like you think I always hate, I don't hate kids. I don't want any, and I don't understand why people do, but when my friends do have them, I do love their children. But see, that's why like, that's a really hard pill for me to swallow only because when we met in college, like I thought we were on the same wavelength as far as well, summer. That was 10 years ago. First of all, watch <laughs> <mouth>. <laughs> I feel like in 
18 year old and a 20 year old are very that's like different you know not for me you're like <laughs> i stayed there dust collected in my pinned up hair i'm sure that you got a life somewhere guess i have to add that to we're going to sing playlist <laughs> summer said i'm right where you left me help i'm still at the restaurant <laughs> No, it's true. It's true. because I thought something that really brought us close together was that we both hated kids. Um, and anybody listening who has kids, I don't know what to say. Um, forgive me, I guess. But I hate. And you know what? You know what, listeners? If you have kids, good for you because I know I'm not going to meet them. You're so Nina. <laughs> When you said Nina grows on me at some point, and I don't know why, I think this is because you are her. Yeah, no, it's true. I am her. Except I have, I'm Nina with like an insane amount of Riz. My Riz is crazy. So then we see a little short scene of Dr. Goldfine running on a bridge. You see the bridge, and it's definitely Southern California. And then there's a man on a bike who pulls over. It's George. So George grabs him. He goes, hey, what are you doing? And then he bashes his head and throws him over the river, over the bridge. It's the river. such a sad way for Goldfine to go out. It was sad, but just the way that this was shot and written was just insane. So insane and funny that, like, I was sad to see Dr. Goldfine go. He did not deserve <laughs> that. But just the way it was just, like out of pocket and out of nowhere that yeah, was, yeah it was a little funny we go to gabby whose model friends show up and the second she opens the door they know that she's pregnant okay well you know what gabby maybe they wouldn't have noticed if you weren't wearing a skin tight dress maybe you could have worn jeans and a little bit of a baggy shirt and nobody would have known but she's never gonna do that she will never do that and they are so excited for her and they're so nice and they give her a big hug. And then we see nothing of their dinner. And we cut right back to Gabby and Brie. And Gabby, it like shimmers over. She's like shimmying because she cannot walk. It's so cute and funny the way she like is like that. And she's like, hi, the dinner didn't go well. I don't know why I'm friends with them. Can you please come home and cut me out of this? Did you write down what she said about her friends? No, not everything. But basically she was upset because... One of them said that they were losing jobs to 14-year-olds, mm -hmm. and I don't remember what the other two were because I just know that I'm losing jobs to 14-year-olds. <laughs> One of them was doing, like, a facial thing to – it just, like right. – I was like, oh, so this is probably what people say about me when I go back to Vermont. Embryonic like, facial. <laughs> embryonic facial, yeah. This is what everybody's going to talk about when I – oh, my God. On the Patreon, we should do, like, a countdown to my high school reunion. At my high school reunion, people are going to go home and be like, oh, my God, how was everybody? I couldn't connect to Christy because she's getting embryonic facials and losing jobs to 14-year-olds in Los Angeles. And I'm going to say yes, and I'm doing it with pride. Thank you. I think part of the reason I like these two so much is because they are the most opposite of each yes. other in the whole friend group. Mm -hmm. And you might think like, oh, no, like Gabby and Lynette are the most opposite. But no, like Gabby and Lynette are both insanely ambitious yeah in their so own they, ways 
Yeah, there are almost two sides of the same coin. Which is why I'm a Gabby Sunlin at Moon. Exactly. And I feel like Gabby and Brie just have such starkly different values. So seeing Mm -hmm. them come together is a really nice thing. For sure. And I like that their little moment she had when she's like, oh, well, maybe they've changed. And Gabby was like, they haven't changed. They're exactly the same. I'm the one who's changed. And it was just really sweet. And then you see... It just actually really broke my heart because you see her finally accepting that she wants to, she's going to be a mom and that her life is different. And she's like, Hey, do you want to go shopping tomorrow? Like I need to buy clothes that fit. And Brie is like, I know a place where they have designer maternity wear. She's like speaking my language. Thank you. Uh, And then Gabby goes straight home and she shimmies home and we see the refrigerators open Ice cream is out. She goes upstairs. There's a bowl of ice cream in her closet. She freaks out and we see Caleb. This is so scary. Yeah. And she sees him and she sees this large man in her home. So, of course, she's going to run. So, she runs. But because she can't walk in her tiny tight dress, she trips down the stairs. And thankfully, and then there's this really scary shot Obviously, it was intentional of, um, like, looking up at Caleb when he's standing over her. And he just, like, looks at her and then walks out. Like, he has no intention of hurting her or anything, which I feel like is a very, like, telling thing. Oh, my God. I love critiquing art because, like, the frame is, like, it's looking like he's really scary. But because he doesn't do anything, he's just very calm and innocent. So I feel like that's what they were trying to tell. Yeah, and the fact That's that you can't they were going face, to tell. Yes. Yeah, it just adds that extra layer of being oh, ominous and unsettling and I just like as a woman particularly this felt really scary. Yeah. No, for sure. Um and then but he just like walks out the door and then the next scene is her out on a stretcher. Thankfully Bree was supposed to come over there. So that's why probably she was able to call the police so fast because she came over right away. Thank God. And it just makes me sad because you see um, Gabby whisper something to her and she's like, one moment I have to go into the house. And she goes and gets the little sonogram picture for Gabby. And I did tear up a little bit. I was like, right when she's accepting her future and she was ready to have this kid, then she's at risk of losing it. And um, then we see a little montage of Carl hiding another photo of Susan. (laughs) (laughs) He's so crazy for that. (laughs) He really is. And like, you're putting it in a book, Carl. Edie's going to read that. (laughs) (laughs) She's literally going to say, hey, is that a bookmark? And she's going to pick up the book and read it. So, okay. Um, And then... Oh, and it's Carl hiding the photo of Susan and then um, and then Brie getting the sonogram and then the ambulance closes and we black out. And that is our episode. That is the end of the episode. The end Great. of the episode. The end of the episode. Great episode. Mark Cherry, um, the Kevin Feige of the MCU, never disappoints. He did it again. He did. Oops, he did it again. And so did we. And until next time, friends, make sure you follow us on TikTok and Instagram at We Are Going to Tell. 
please let us know what you want to see in the way of merch. Patreon. Yeah, let us know. Um, as always, keep in touch with us. Message us. We love knowing. We just love knowing who our listeners are, and we love interacting with you all. So we're until knowing next to tell. <laughs> <laughs> what? We're knowing to tell. You said we love knowing. This brightened me up a little. I feel I feel a little rejuved. I feel like I just had an embryonic facial. Rejuved is crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go play Super Mario Party. Until next time, this has been We Know What You Did. It makes us sick. We're going to Goodbye. And y'all come back now. Y'all hear? Y'all come back now. <laughs> Sweetness. <laughs>